everyone to Spooky Time Tea, the show where we talk about ghosts, ghouls, murders and mysteries, and everything in between, all while enjoying a cup of tea. Like a tea party, but spooky. 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 Hey guys, guess what? 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 It's Halloween! It's spooky day! I am also simultaneously sad, because this is my favorite month. For a multitude of reasons. I love October. I love Halloween. I love fall. It's your birth month. And it's also my birth month. And it's over. I and know. it makes me sad oh, every is... single year. It makes me so sad. And we live in Texas. So, of course, the weather has been... Summery? Uh, just wildly. <laughs> like <laughs> Bipolar. Oh, my God. On Monday, the high, I think, was 61 and the low was like mm-hmm. 50. And it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And it was cloudy and misty and rainy. And it was wonderful. And then yesterday, or uh, last Tuesday, it was, because it was last Monday. And then last Tuesday, the day after that, it was like the high was 89. <laughs> and it was what gross. Is, I, 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 I'm got to get used to this. This is Texas. This is bipolar. It's never going to actually have the full seasons. Like, it's not going to have Almost all the seasons. Almost never. Although, um... It's going to be really nice the next few days. Like, it's going to be beautiful outside. I'm excited. And by beautiful, I mean, like, cold and rainy. That's what I consider beautiful. I'm excited. I've been really sad because, like, I'll wake up and I'll go to uh, get dressed for work. And I'm like, oh, I can wear a cute sweater today. And then I get there and it's so hot inside because corporate controls ACs for every store Mm -hmm. in the country. Corporate's Mm. in Chicago. Where it's snowing. Yeah. And it's 90 degrees in Texas. I had to go outside for air the other day. Wow. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's, um... We're in Texas. I went outside <coughs> to cool down. By the way, everyone, I have a cough. It's not COVID. Tested negative was, for COVID. I was tested negative Oh, I have a cough, too, COVID. but mine's, it's just allergies, right? Because yeah, that's what yours is, too? Mine is just... It, I got a cold after I came back from my trip. And then I think it was allergies that turned into a cold, which turned into a sinus infection. Mm. And yeah, and now I'm I'm on my way out of that, so I still sound and gross. Anyway, um, yes, it is classic uh, sweater in the morning, shorts in the afternoon weather for Texas. I'm just gonna start wearing sweaters and shorts. Can yeah. I can I go off on a tangent and just say how much I really enjoy your shirt? My shirt? It's great. Yes. This shirt is old as hell. I got it when I was in high school. Is that for... zombie Shakespeare? Mm-hmm. It is so zombie Shakespeare. My shirt uh, for everyone who you know can't see. <laughs> it's a zombie Shakespeare eating a skull eating a brain out of a skull, and it says, alas, poor York, for I ate his brains. I've had this shirt <laughs> since I was in high school. I cut the neck out of it a long time ago. I love that I style, necks. though. I love that style. I love, like, I, I love to yeah. cut my own stuff like that, too. I'm really bad at it, so I don't try. Do you guys like my leggings? I love you. It's so Halloween-y. Um, my Halloween decor today, I'm wearing an orange shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Chloe. I have to work a truck shift tonight, and so I am wearing comfy clothes. So my question for you guys, yeah. what are you guys dressing up as later today? Why do you have to ask me that? I still don't know. It's do going to be a I, the last I go off with mine up. first? Yeah, go, do yours. Okay, you guys already know, but I'm dressing up as Birds of Prey Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. I wish. I think I'm going to do this year. I went really hard last year with my costume. Um, I was... Uh, Persephone from Lore Olympus. Mm, I, I love that hard. comic I so much. I painted my whole body. It was it was fun. I had so much fun. But this year, I've been sick, 
and you know covid's not allowing too much to happen so i think i'm probably just going to be like a witch or something it's like just do like a closet like throw together something because you that's i really want to be an alien i've been screaming about how much i want to be an alien for like three years and i still haven't done it girl do it i like you just need tinfoil i know i just (laughs) need tinfoil (laughs) um i'm still on the fence it's gonna be a very last very last minute decision um slutty cinderella Vampy witch vampire or witchy witch? I like the slutty Cinderella. I do too. I and I, ju- I just and got... I saw the shirt that you were you were showing me. The but, shirt, like the didn't you say you were going to use that? No, um, that one day at work you said you were thinking of using oh, it for Rapunzel for, for like a Disney bounding Rapunzel. Yeah, oh, I could do that too. Shit, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be real, real last minute because I also do have overalls to go with that, and I feel like that'd be very modern Rapunzel. Very Before nice. we continue, everyone, the tea we are drinking today is the um, black Celestial Seasonings Blackberry Tea from the uh, fruit sample packet. I'm pretty sure you can get this tea by itself, but you have to search pretty hard for it. Um, just like the blueberry, the true blueberry you can find, but you have to buy it online because they don't have it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've looked up and down. Did you buy it online? Oh, were you happy when I sent you the link on Amazon? I was very happy. Katie <laughs> sent me the link on Amazon to, for that blueberry The day tea. that you told us. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I can never find it in store. I can only find it in the sampler pack. However, um, Spice and Tea Exchange, which we have here, they have their own um blueberry black tea that is really really good and is not Mm. as blueberry as the celestial seasonings but it's also i think the celestial seasonings one is like more artificially flavored than that one but i could be Mm. wrong i mean it's possibly it's it's (laughs) most likely because like usually like the processed tea bags like that usually Mm -hmm. has artificial artificial stuff in it um i like this one you like this one i I figured you would because it's very it smells cherry. like a cherry airhead. So okay, yeah, we so we got another good Chloe one. What's this? Two tea. for like twelve. Yeah, two yeah. for twelve. <laughs> Chloe approved. <laughs> hey. Okay, so before we get into our actual topic for the day, I had a few fun uh, Halloween facts. If you guys are interested to hear, yes, about let's them. hear all of the spooky facts. All right, great. So. I'm going to pull this up real quick. Oh, also, by the way, um, we're sorry if you hear a bunch of shuffling in the background. We have four co-hosts today. Usually the puppers, um, with the exception of one, are... Locked away. Locked away. In a tower. <laughs> in, in a tower, yeah, where we have to fetch guarded, them. Guarded by a dragon. <laughs> Bella's tail hair to <laughs> climb up. But we have the four dogs in here today. We have the classic monster, and we also have Bella, Hinata, and Neji. Yes. Um, Bella is much bigger than the other three, so you'll probably hear her more scurrying around because she's a collie, so she's very hyper. Poor baby thinks she's she's a lap dog. She is bigger than I am. Oh, she thinks (laughs) she's all big dogs. I love Bella. I love all of them, but I love Bella. All right. So getting started. So, you know, to like today's like version of Halloween is really like a cultural mashup, right? Mm-hmm. And that's actually what today's episode the is going mash? to be. Mm-hmm. The monster <laughs> the mash. We do the mash. <laughs> we do the monster mash. The monster mash. Sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> and this is perfect tying in with what our episode's about today, about yeah. the different cultural aspects of mm-hmm. Halloween. So to keep ghosts out of their houses, people would place bowls of food outside to make them happy. 
Mm-hmm. Getting an idea of like candy, putting them out, you know, candy, candy. I Am I know. secretly a demon? Because bowls of candy outside your door is going to make me real happy. Yeah. <laughs> I think you are. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here is a fun thing. So, jack o' lanterns were originally carved into turnips. In a traditional Celtic story, a man named Jack tricked the devil, so after Jack died, the devil made him roam the night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the piece of coal into a carved-out turnip, a common vegetable there, and became known as Jack of the Lantern. <gasps> Jack Skellington. Oh, my God. <gasps> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's never seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. Don't let Chloe fool you by her gasp. <laughs> uh, Irish and Scottish people I would carve... <laughs> Um, Irish and Scottish people would carve their own versions of Jack's lantern with scary faces and place them near windows or doors to frighten away Jack and other evil spirits. Uh, And then when immigrants brought the tradition to America, the native pumpkin was more available than turnips, and that is how today's jack-o'-lanterns were born. Turnips are good for nothing else. I've always hated turnips. (laughs) You know, I don't think... Ever since I was a girl. Anyway. I don't think I've ever had a turnip. Not a a fan. They're like rock solid unless you cook them right i I don't like them they're dumb that was a quote from howl's moving castle by the way yes it was but i I don't think i've ever had a turnip so i don't i have no i actually i've seen them obviously but i I don't think i've ever tried one my unofficial stance is that most vegetables are stupid (laughs) well your unofficial stance because that sounds pretty official to me look eat your vegetables i'm just saying it's dumb Mm mm-hmm well, I like vegetables, though, so... I'm not a fan. <laughs> Clearly. 10. <laughs> Would not recommend. <laughs> cats have been part of the history of Halloween for centuries. During the Celtic festival, priests used cats as part of the ritual to try to predict the future. Huh. I need a cat right now. <laughs> <laughs> One of the popes in England decided that um, cats were evil, and so they eradicate. They tried to eradicate them, and that's mm-hmm. what caused the bubonic plague. Huh. Hmm. Did you not know that? No. Cats were controlling the rat population, and then a pope decided cats are the devil's animal. Get rid of them all. And so there was no one controlling the rat population, and that's when the bubonic plague sprung up. Well, wow. Did you guys know uh, why they call a bonfire a bonfire? Yeah. I actually do know that. It's because around this time of year during the cold, they would sit around a big fire, and they would throw when they, you know, because they couldn't dig up the ground because it was frozen. Mm-hmm. So they would throw the bones in the fire, and they would talk about the past and like memories and stories tell stories of the dead and things what like the that fuck? yeah my um, high school did one every year <laughs> it's called a bonfire mm-hmm. translated to bonfire yep. nowadays so here's a fun fact halloween includes a lot of romance and i don't just mean the sexy you know costumes where you're gonna get laid okay <laughs> that's the goal around the world there's been different like traditions on how to do this but so scottish girls would hang wet sheets in front of the fire on the holiday to see images of their future husband um, young women would also peel an apple, often at midnight, in one strip and then throw it over their shoulder. The strip was supposed to land in a shape of the first letter of her future husband's name. I've heard of this one. Mm-hmm. There's one that if you look at your, I think it's thumb, your left thumb, you're supposed to see the initial of your soulmate. Oh. I have the letter I, and that's not promising. I don't see anything. <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> look, I have a little I right Where there. Where are you seeing this? Hold on. Like, right there. Oh. I you don't see, see shit. You can't see it. Uh, well, actually, I have an I and a T, so that's also not promising. It. <laughs> it. Oh. Also, in uh, colonial America, Halloween's bobbing for apples was a fortune-telling game. The first person to get an apple without using his or her hands would be the first to marry. However, I also have more information about the bobbing for apples, which I think is appropriate for this. I did it! I ate two whole apples! If anybody remembers that episode of The Office. You guys all know that the Roman Empire kind of took over the Celtic 
mm-hmm. land yeah. and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, because they ruled around like 400 years, mm-hmm. they kind of merged their traditions in with the Celtic mm-hmm. traditions. And so they had two different traditions that were kind of now kind of like pushed together. So like, I think it's called Feralia, a day in late October when Romans commemorated the passing of the dead. And then the second day was to honor um, Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, which the symbol of her is the apple. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the reasons why we do bobbing for apples because oh. it is the traditional oh. Celtic <laughs> and Roman just... stuff. Isn't there a part of the office episode where they just, no one comes up for a while and it's really concerning? They're just like laying face for a second. That's Erin. And then when they <laughs> yeah. pull her up, she's like, I did it. I ate two whole apples. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen that episode. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. So I thought that was uh, kind of fun. Fun fact. That's fun fact. So <laughs> as most of you have probably guessed after uh, our introduction... Um, today we are talking about, today we are talking about Ray Bradbury's classic novel, The Halloween Tree. So The Halloween Tree was written in 1972 by Ray Bradbury, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it w- was, uh, had the movie adaption, what did you say, Kitty, 1997? Seven. Se- oh, no, 1993, three. sorry. 1993. So the movie adaption came out in 1993. Fun fact, he actually narrated that movie, um, he was the narrator of that movie, and oh. I can't remember if he won an award or was just a nominated an, an he award. He was a nice narrator. Uh, for that, yeah. He won an mm-hmm. award for it, I believe. Leonard Nimoy was in it. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. No. Mm-mm. The Halloween Tree is about a group of boys who go on a Halloween adventure to rescue their friend Pipkin, who has been whisked away. And they are um, led along the way by a character, I'm going to call him, named uh carapace clavicle mound shroud who is a you i have after reading the halloween tree i read it every year i read this one and something wicked this way comes like every halloween i see a lot of ray bradbury's influence in modern times a lot of it and mound shroud is one of them i've heard that name so many times and i couldn't tell you like where exactly i was gonna ask because like when i watched the movie i Mm -hmm. was trying to figure out like what was the meaning behind the name Behind that character. Mound Shroud? Yeah. I honestly don't know. I didn't. I should have looked that up. Mm. That would have been cool to know. But I do have a couple things. So if you haven't read The Halloween Tree, I absolutely recommend it. It's a very short book. It's, a, I think, 150 pages. I couldn't tell you how many words, but it's super short. A children's book. And it's The Halloween Tree itself in the book is... It serves as a metaphor for all of the traditions that the book talks about. Because the whole point of the book is that Mound Shroud is taking these boys on through this adventure through time and space to look at what Halloween looked like to all different, not all different, but each boy is dressed up to represent a certain culture. Mm-hmm. Like the skeleton represents Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. And a certain aspect of Halloween. Yeah, a certain aspect of Halloween. Mm-hmm. A, a certain uh, Halloween is basically a melting pot. There's been so mm-hmm. many things that have pulled from each culture and we unknowing unbeknownst to us dress up as them every year mm-hmm. um the witch represents the dru- represented the druids the skeleton represented the dia de los muertos uh-huh. the mummy represents the mummies of ancient egypt and so on and so forth and so he takes them to each one of those places that their costume coincides with and it's very interesting so i'm going to go Um, into a little bit about what exactly Halloween, not exactly what Halloween is, because that's what we're talking about today, what Mm -hmm. exactly Halloween is to every culture. Not every part of the world, but from specific parts of the world. But uh, however, I'm going over the classic uh, Samhain, or Samhain, as we often see it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and they would hold a feast. Oftentimes, um, they would either leave like bowls of food outside their door to please spirits, or if they wanted a family member to come through, they would have a, they would hold a feast and like make a place setting on the table for this family member to sit at. They would also hold bonfires and dress up at these bonfires to um, hide from the evil spirits that came through when the when the veil was thin. They also did what did we call it? What was it? Souling is that what mm-hmm. you said it Souling. was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, I didn't know it was called that actually. So they would do souling mostly in the UK where they would dress up in costume and they would go to door, door to door, um, requesting food in exchange for, uh, prayers, prayers. for their family, like prayers for the family or mm-hmm. also I, I read somewhere that they would also do it for songs and poems as well. Oh, not okay. just prayers. Spooky caroling. Spooky caroling. Spooky caroling. Spooky caroling. Can we make this a thing? Monster (laughs) mash. This is the monster mash. (laughs) Seriously, let's make this a thing. Oh, Oh, my God. Post-COVID. Post-COVID. Of course. Of course, yeah. Anyway, so eventually, of course, the holiday of Samhain turned into uh, All Saints Day when the Romans overthrew the Druids, Mm -hmm. and um, which eventually turned into All Hallows Eve because, of course, hollow means sacred. My brain is hollow. I can't help you. Get out of here. Uh, hollow means H-A-H-A-L-L-O-W. Hollow means basically sacred. So it, it was a, gotcha. it was a, a sacred I still say day. that my head is uh, hollow. Um, celebrated. You your head? Yeah. <laughs> it took you that long to get it? Oh my God. So it's usually, it was usually <laughs> celebrated from midnight on October 31st to midnight November 1st. They would mm. do a whole 24 hours of pure celebration. That kind um, of party. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so yeah, they... Uh, that was in, in the most basic way ever. That is what they did. They would have bonfires and they would hold feasts and they would, oh, party games and such. That's where, Kitty, I know earlier you were talking about the bobbing for apples. Mm -hmm. They, I I can't remember, I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot, but they would play games with like nuts and apples and different Mm -hmm. harvest fruits because, you know, that was the, it was that one in Beltane were the the two major holidays because Samhain signified the end of the harvest and the beginning of the dark season. And then uh, Beltane signified the beginning of the growing season and the... Um, like beginning of a new life kind of thing, in a sense? <laughs> yeah, it was it was like a life and death. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like how Easter has become like this fertility thing with the rabbits and is the, the crossover in the way Halloween is a bunch of cultures meshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the fertility season has meshed with uh, Easter and people are not happy to have those... Uh, too intertwined but like that's just how cultures evolve yes that's just how they evolve that's it's and it's fun let people have fun a lot of the let me eat a chocolate egg and have fun yes exactly (laughs) Exactly. run around like a bunny so a lot of the um modern halloween components that we have today uh uh, most of it i would say i would dare to say come from the druids and Mm -hmm. from the gaelic what they used to to do however reading more into this stuff i find that i didn't know a lot about that until i started reading more in depth into it and i started thinking that sounds a lot like Dia de los Muertos. They do the same thing where they have mm-hmm. big feasts and they have food offerings and they offer their ancestors to come through the veil to be yep, with them I'll on this day. So it, th- those two, to me, seemed very similar. Obviously, there are major differences, but they seem very similar. I noticed that with my research, too. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of things, like like you were saying, they clash, they mesh together. Like, That's all the different cultures are, human. like, meshing together. Like, they take little bits and pieces of someone's culture and kind of mm-hmm. like mesh it with theirs like and they're very similar like they don't 
take it from them, but it's like sometimes it's stolen. Sometimes it's, it's stolen. Yeah, but like But also it's like the human experience is like you're gonna meet people in every walk of life from everywhere mm-hmm. and you're gonna take their experiences and they're gonna take yours. Like that's So really what human it boils culture. down to, what I've seen that it has boiled down to anyway, I could totally be wrong. Because my question was while researching all of this was what why this specific day? Why October 31st to November 1st? Why are these two days seem, why do these two days seem to be, because almost every culture, not, I'm not saying everyone, definitely Mm -hmm. not everyone, but almost every culture has a holiday on this day, whether it be something related to Halloween. Or around this day. Or around this Mm -hmm. day. And most of the time it has to do with the harvest. It has to do with the end of the harvesting season. Things are done growing. The cold is coming. The dark is coming. Mm -hmm. And it's a celebration of. Life and death almost. Life and death. And what, and that brought up the question of why death why does this surround Mm -hmm. life and death and i'm the way i'm taking it is again back to the harvest Mm -hmm. it's the death of the crops so Mm -hmm. i'm assuming i i can only take it as to that's what this is like Mm -hmm. that's why these two days have such significance in so many cultures because still the days i still don't like and i feel like with i mean there's energy in the universe i Mm -hmm. fully believe that i think that has a lot to do with it but also like with the death of crops a lot of times will come like death of the people because winters are Mm -hmm. generally depending on the region you live in are crazy harsh Mm -hmm. and back in the day like not everyone made it through winter that's why they're called Mm -hmm. the harsh times like yeah so yeah that definitely could have something to do with it i i just think doing this research was so much fun Mm -hmm. i love this book and i loved when i was uh younger i loved it because i liked learning about the different cultures and what they did it's really fun to you are the one that introduced me to it because i Mm -hmm. actually had never heard of it before neither have i i'm not very eloquent while talking but (laughs) the i i really do enjoy this book and i've always enjoyed i've always enjoyed other cultures and i've always enjoyed studying what specifically this holiday means to others because because mm-hmm. it's always been a huge, like, why is it here? Mm-hmm. You know? I'm going to get it. It's like, a, I saw this joke on TikTok that was like, has anyone ever noticed that they spent a crazy disproportionate amount of time studying ancient Egypt and then they rush through the rest of your, like, the rest of world history? Yeah. <laughs> I forget who makes it. I want to say it's Hannah Williams from BuzzFeed. She's like, does anyone else think they were just going to be an Egyptologist as a kid? Because, like, when you liked history, that's the one thing you got a lot of. <laughs> that's yeah. true. My mom wanted to be an Egyptologist. She went to I wanted her. to be an Egyptologist. Do you hit your knee? <laughs> yeah. Dumb. <laughs> don't do that. Was it on purpose? You want? Here's a fun fact. I don't know because you haven't watched the movie yet, though, right? No, I haven't. So seen the movie yet. in the book, it's all boys, right? Mm-hmm. So in the movie version, mm-hmm. um, one of them is a girl, oh. and she's the witch. In the audio oh, cute. book that I, the audio is like I heard like um, almost a radio mm-hmm. version of it. The witch is a girl. Yeah. Huh. So, like, different adaptations or something very, of it. Very interesting. But that's also something we can discuss later is... on, the sexism of witch burnings and witch trials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Asylum. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Joan of Arc. Yeah. There's so many things. There's so, There's many. so many. So many. Witch series TBD. <laughs> Charmed. Uh, Sabrina Charmed. the Teenage Witch. Oh. The, but the 90s one with uh, Melissa Joan Oh, Hart. yeah, that one. But the, ori- but the new, not the original, the new one is actually really well. I've been told written. I'm not allowed to watch that. I, I need to watch that one. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's true. You shouldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Chloe. <laughs> that being said. Anyway, you... so. Sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. You, you talk. That, that was my segment. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, the druids and the, that was where the, the witch character came from so that's what i wanted to touch on so what were you guys i did the mummies because again you like mummies i don't like mummies it just they fascinate me and um 
Then you like the, them if they fascinate you. Yes and no. Um, I just, I already had a base history of I think they're of beautiful. It. I am scared of anything that looks humanoid but is like dead or not human. Muffin. I get it. <laughs> right? It's, I think um, it's beautiful because it's preserved life. Yeah. Chloe, you went so in-depth on your notes and I feel like I was so hiding ashamed. from life problems. <laughs> I was like... I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna talk about the book a little bit and I'm gonna kind of glaze over I'm not gonna do a whole lot because we're all three doing something so I was like I'm not gonna go super in depth and you both <laughs> of you were like I'm gonna dive right in I'm like oh shit I now I feel like I feel like a kid who got caught not doing their homework <laughs> and I'm like I swear to God I did my research <laughs> so here's the thing I um, have some workaholics in my family and thus when I am ignoring life problems that I don't want to discuss I throw myself into work and uh, this is what I did. I've always been a researcher. I've always liked to research my... I'm also a nerd and loved book reports and shit. Oh, I I didn't care for book reports, but I did like to research. You like research? Yeah, I was into. Um, That being said, my sources are from storiesfromthemuseumfloor.wordpress.com. Real trustworthy. Uh, Wikipedia... HistoryMuseum.ca, that's from Canada, uh, AtlasObscuraHistory.com, a YouTube video from Space TV, and AllThingsInteresting.com. <clears throat> so the definition of a mummy, <laughs> it's a diseased person or animal whose soft tissue and organs have been preserved by intentional or accidental exposure to chemicals, extreme cold, very low humidity, can't happen in Texas, um, or lack of air, so that the recovered body does not decay further if kept in a cool and dry environment. Again, cannot happen in Texas. So mummies have been present in fiction, literature, and film since 1903 when Dracula author... Mummies have been present in fiction, literature, and film since 1903 when Dracula author Bram Stoker wrote the book The Jewel of the Seven Stars, which Sounds spooky and Egypty. Mm-hmm. Possibly earlier due to uh, Europe's Egyptomania phase. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else remember learning this? Yep. 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 Uh, another unfortunate byproduct of uh, Egyptomania was the Victorian mummy unwrapping parties. Yeah, people would unwrap mummies in their living rooms for fun during parties. Although it. in the movie what we were watching, they actually showed that they would bring back their families out of their tombs just to celebrate them. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. It does make sense, but I think this was just a morbid fascination and this less was... of a like, this is my family member, I'm going to bring them back into my home because this is a special holiday kind of situation. Yeah. That's, that's um... fair. I mean, that is fair. <laughs> Culturally, they think that this craze happened because of Napoleon's entry into Egypt and Syria mm-hmm. around this time, a little yeah. bit beforehand. And so mummy unwrapping parties also led, obviously led to a lot of tomb and grave robbery taking place in Egypt at the time. That's sad. Yeah. It makes sense, though, that your explanation makes sense, though, because, like, if you watch The Mummy or Indiana Jones, they all had a very similar fascination, and it was all right around the same era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Europeans had largely been purchasing mummies since uh, Shakespearean times because there was a perceived medical or a medicinal value to mummies. Don't ask me how or why. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of that. That's Yeah. No, that's what I found the reason. I'm going to have to like research more into that because I'm kind of curious as to why. Don't take mummy medicine. (laughs) No. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Mummies had been found on every continent as a result of either accidental or intentional and deliberate mummification. That being said, there are two types of mummification. Anthropogenic mummification is intentional mummification, often in conjunction with religious and or cultural intent. 
Mm-hmm. And spontaneous. <laughs> spontaneous mummification. Yes. Wow. Um, that's accidental as a result to, like, the environment that the body was in. I was like, about to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they accidentally mummified a person. Let me ask you. Yeah, it's you... like the ice girl or whatever they found um, back oh, when I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let, me, let me ask, did you get into the I am, how they mummify people? Because I always thought that was super interesting and what they did. Kind of. Cultural mummification. Uh, has been found in parts of the Americas, Asia, where there's like real dry climate in those, and obviously Egypt, which we all kind of mainly know for mummification, but it's all over the world. Uh, we're going to focus on Egyptian mummies because that's what I felt like doing, and that's what they talked about in Ray Bradbury's book. An 11-year study published in 2014, follow the math on this, 11-year study published in 2014 and done by University of York and University of Oxford suggested that Egypt's practice of intentionally mummifying their dead was a tradition that dated back 1,500 years earlier than was originally thought. So like an additional 1,500 years of mummification wow. that we didn't know about. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. That is. Um, in 2018, this theory was confirmed. In 2018, this theory was confirmed when tests on a mummy found in Turin found that it was 5,600 years old. Wow. Found that it had been wrapped in linen wrappings and had embalming oils present. All evidence of intentional mummification. He didn't wow. just like fall into a bed of linens and like yeah. roll around in oils. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean... <laughs> I just, I want to specify it because someone out there is going to think it. Okay. Religiously, mm-hmm. on the mummification standpoint of ancient Egypt, ancient Egyptian religions had an integral role in mummification practices and rituals for their religious beliefs. The preservation of the body was that so the soul could return to it after death, as well as ensuring it had a prosperous afterlife. Death was seen as temporary, quote unquote, and ancient Egyptians held a belief of some sort of immortality, post-physical death you like your soul lives forever death was seen as temporary and ancient egyptians held a belief of uh some sort of immortality slash post-physical death kind of thing your soul lives forever i think is how that went this was also why they were often buried with their belongings and their organs in separate jars because they would need them in the afterlife Mm -hmm. the mummification process also had very specific rituals and ceremonies performed by priests to ensure the restoration of the senses sight taste smell whatever Uh, The road to the afterlife was also thought to be very dangerous and ultimately led to the weighing of the heart ceremony. This is my favorite thing that I found while I was researching this. Mm -hmm. And I think if I could control the afterlife, this is what would happen because it makes the most sense for me. This is an afterlife ceremony done by the gods Anubis and Thoth with the soul of the departed. A balanced scale would be presented and Anubis would place the deceased's heart on the scale with a feather as the counterbalance. If the scale is balanced, the deceased was seen good to move on into the afterlife. And if the heart did not balance, the deceased would be devoured by the goddess Amamet, meaning that they wouldn't survive and make it into an immortal afterlife. Thoth was the god of writing and was uh, the record keeper for the ceremony. If a pharaoh passed the weighing of the heart ceremony, they were believed to become one with the god Osiris. So you got to, you were real special if you died and you were a pharaoh. You got to be part of a god. Everyone else just got immortality forever. You just got immortality <laughs> forever. Yeah. I love this and I love, I love talking about location and the process of, you know, I really like the afterlife. Like the way of the heart is just like just be the best person you can be man well that's why they I didn't like take the heart out of the body that's why they took all the organs but the heart out yeah because you needed the heart mm-hmm. on the way well here's what annoys me about the movie the mummy one of mm-hmm. my favorite movies of all time you'll see mm-hmm. when it pans in one of the beginning scenes there are five canopic jars 
which are totally incorrect. There's like the middle one is like a weird bear thing. And you're like, what the fuck is that? And then somebody in the movie says they take everything out of the body, even the heart. And I'm like, no, no, they don't take the heart out of the a basic body. Google search will tell oh, you. Can we say that they Google did not do their research? No. no. Also, this movie was what? 1990? Uh, early 2000. I think 2000, 2001. Really? Mm-hmm. Why um, now, hold on. But here's the Brendan thing. Fraser is they- great. I'm not dissing on him. The researchers for this movie, however. They did do their research, though, because all of the hieroglyphs in that movie are almost perfectly correct. So they just so didn't they did care. Partial good research, I think. I think it didn't benefit their storyline. I was about to say, I think they did it for the sake of the plot line. But I mean, I, that's possible, too. But I don't know why. Because if I'm, rem- I haven't seen the movie in a few months. <laughs> few months. months. Movie night. I watch it. I, seen I watch so- those movies constantly and i can rant about them for days anyway i don't remember if the plot line had anything to do with the heart but if if it did then i'm assuming that's why they did it if it didn't then they just fucking didn't care and also like if it didn't then it's weird to be like even the heart i don't think it like really why point it they out still why did really, point it out specifically but they still did really well and they made their money they, no, they did great. Know. They did great. We can't pick apart Hollywood because they like they do things. They their way. take if a we lot pick of apart Hollywood, movies. it's not sticking around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, I believe that the Halloween cultures began to meld together um, into the Halloween that we Americans anyway, because it's still very different all over the mm-hmm. world. Know today, combining traditions globally, mummies and their celebration of life, death. So we are switching gears over to Dio de los Muertos because. Yeah. I love that. Not just because of Coco, but I've always loved... Coco's such a good movie. Coco is such, such a, a great movie. movie. And they have a lot... Like, they did their research when they did that oh movie. Oh, my God. Though. Name another movie that so accurately identifies Dia de los Muertos. I can't. I mean, I can, not, but not, not, not to that extent. To the, like, it's made accessible mostly for like people that's outside of their culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pixar is such a wide reach. Also, Coco was the first animated movie to, when Miguel is playing the guitars, mm-hmm. the animation is perfectly lined up. He's holding the correct chords and strumming at the exact perfect time. It's that's the first awesome. animated movie to do that. I did not know that. That's Amazing. so cool. My Diz nerd is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed. We're going to talk about the Day of the Dead. Dia de los Muertos was is observed from October 31st through November 2nd. This started around 3,000 years ago as uh, rituals honoring the dead in uh, Colombian Mesoamerica. So the Aztecs believed that death was a part of an integral part of life. This is what their thoughts were about this. So upon dying, a person's spirit was thought to travel to the land of the dead. Only after getting through... Now they believe that there's nine levels in their journey that they have to travel through before one's soul can finally reach the final resting place. That's very interesting. Which is pretty interesting, I thought. Was, I feel was... like a lot of cultures and religions have multiple levels before you get to mm-hmm. them. Like, I was going to say or... there was nine layers of hell. I thought there were seven layers of hell. Oh, is it seven? I'm getting my... Am I, I don't know. I don't know, I don't but... Are... Maybe it Am I thinking seven. of Seventh Heaven? No. <laughs> no. Although that was a good I'm, show. I'm Googling how many layers of hell there are. <laughs> Do you think we'll know indefinitely without, like... <laughs> Just theorize. <laughs> three i'm calling it now it's a three there's nine oh okay nine oh okay so nine, he has nine, a nine, nine level yeah in now rituals it's a, a, like around the aztec thing mm-hmm. um 
In their rituals for honoring the dead, usually held in August, family members would leave offerings of food, water, and other items to help aid the deceased in their hard journey. Because it's such a long journey with mm-hmm. nine levels that they have to go through, they figured they'd give them things that they needed to aid them through yeah, the sustenance. journey. sustenance. Mm-hmm. Sustenance, tools, things that they may need. A um, snack. So this practice is what inspired the Day of the Dead, which people would leave their offerings on loved ones' graves, or they would make altars called ofrendas in their home. Ofrendas. Ofrendas in their home. What's your so, picture on the ofrenda? <laughs> ofrenda. Contrary to popular belief, mm-hmm. Dio de los Muertos is not a Mexican version of Halloween. Yeah. Didn't think it was. No. However, mm-hmm. a lot of people do. A lot of people do. But, yeah. however, the two holidays do share White some... Russian culture. Yeah. Yep. For real. The two holidays, however, <laughs> do share similar mm-hmm. traditions, yes. such mm-hmm. as costumes and parades. Yeah. On the Day of the Dead, it is believed that the border between the spirit realm and the real world dissolve. Mm-hmm. It's, again, that thinning of the veil that, like, crosses cultures. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some real stuff in this witchy stuff, I'm telling you. So I'm saying. Oh, yeah. 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 And apparently during this period, the souls of the dead awaken and return to the living realm to feast drink, dance, and play music with their loved ones. So yeah. it's like their families get to see them again only once a year. Very, very similar to the Celtic mm-hmm. culture. It's very, yep. like, almost identical, not quite. There's a lot of many, there's many differences, like little differences. But mm-hmm. Celtics do the same thing. And I was noticing this when you guys were talking about your guys' things. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, there's a lot of the stuff you guys are touching point on that is, like, they do exactly. as well. So, mm-hmm. like, there's that cultural like meshing of mm-hmm. everything together which i think is super cool though it's fascinating it really is it's swifty. It's swifty. <laughs> get swifty i meant to say nifty and that came out i don't know uh, what happened My i think you're thinking of rick and morty <laughs> I am. that's a good get show swifty. Get swifty. Um, my brain's broken guys <laughs> the living family members mm-hmm. um, treat their deceased family members as honored guests in their celebrations while leaving their favorite foods at grave sites or their altars that they have built for them. I want it now. I want cheesecake in my gravesite. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. We'll get to that. So, oh. no. <laughs> Maybe not cheese, but... So, usually at the altars, um, they're decorated with candles, marigolds, brightly colored marigolds. So, like, I it has to be, that. like, very, very bright. Yes. Mm-hmm. They would also put fruit and stacks of tortillas to, like, have that sustenance there for them. Hurricane Katrina, more <laughs> like, like Hurricane, Hurricane Tortilla. tortilla. <laughs> I miss mine. <laughs> TikTok's not the same. Oh, you guys are so cute. <laughs> the most prominent symbols associated with the Day of the Dead are skeletons and skulls, yeah. as you guys have, are aware. Mm-hmm. But here's a fun fact. So in the early 19th century, the cartoonist Jose Guadalupe Posada re-envisioned the Aztec goddess of the underworld as a female skeleton known mm. as La Calavera Katrina. Uh, this is now the most recognizable icon of the Day of the Dead. Yep. And you guys have seen her... Like her sugar skull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the most recognizable. Oh, I believe it's called a carvera. Mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. Yes, it is. Um, but I'm saying it as like, you know, like everyone calls it like the, it a sugar, the sugar skull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the most common festivities during this day include people wearing skull masks and mm-hmm. eating the sugar candy molded into skulls. So the sugar skulls. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then here was another fun fact. So this kind of meshes with the All Souls Day. Mm-hmm. So the Pande Anam. Animas of All Souls Day rituals in Spain is reflected in Pan de Muerto, the traditional sweet baked good of the Day of the Dead celebration mm. that celebrates today. Mm-hmm. I love that we uh, just honor food around this year with life and death. It just food is so good. Food is so good. It's good <laughs> for the soul. It's good for the body. It's good for the mind. 
It's because, you know, they want to honor their their dead and give them food and sustenance because they believe that they're still there and that they need these. And culture-wise, food is, like, critical. Like, the food from every culture is critical in how you know how they live their lives. Like... Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Food is magical. Good food brings people together. Yes. Princess and the Frog 2015. (laughs) (laughs) I love you nerds. Other consumed food and beverages during this day are spicy dark chocolate (gasps) and corn-based liquor called atole. Mm, Nope. I don't know. I think I would try it. Like, corn-based stuff isn't really terrible. Like, I've had it before. No. If it tastes like alcohol, I don't want it. (laughs) True. It's not that bad. It's gotta taste like something else. And so, to end this on a a note of this part, you can wish someone a happy Day of the Dead by saying, Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Feliz Dia de los Muertos. You're trying to share the Christmas song into a Halloween song? No. (laughs) So, like, that's, like, a polite way of, like, saying it to, like, everybody when they're on this time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That was it. All my notes for that. I say, uh, happy spooky season. Happy spooky season. Happy spook season, everybody. Happy happy spooks. Oh, I, um... So this is notes about just Halloween in general. So Halloween in America. Yeah. Let's yes. go. Okay, so Halloween was limited in uh, colonial New England. It was more common in Maryland and southern colonies. That's the why time. they do it better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why they do Halloween better. Um, the so first... Better. Celebrations included, quote-unquote, play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest, which Mm -hmm. we've talked about. And then neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell fortunes, and dance and sing while obviously having food and drinks. Around the bonfires? Yes. Yeah. They would even tell ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And mischief making of all kinds. Yeah, I heard I heard a story from somewhere, and I didn't like somebody. I, somebody told me this story, and they didn't, of course, have exact like dates or anything like that. But back before Halloween became like trick or treat, mm-hmm. it was um, people like young kids, especially like teenagers, would get together and like pull pranks on the communities. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was like one lady who decided, you know what? I'm tired of these kids throwing a bunch of pranks or uh, doing a bunch of pranks on our neighborhood or community, whatever. So she got everyone together and every year she held a Halloween party and slowly the Mm. like neighborhood kids and the kids from around the town stopped pulling pranks and they would just go to her party. And they would dress up in costume because she would dress up in costume. And that was somewhere, if I'm remembering correctly, between the 19, like, teens and the 1920s. Mm -hmm. Really? I heard the story. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I've heard it too, very, like, vaguely in passing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, and I didn't do any research on it, but that just, I jogged my memory. I think there's also still a town (laughs) that has, like, a, they have a date name for it, but it's, it's basically, like, a chaos day the day after Halloween. Fun. I yeah. want to be a part of that day. <laughs> Can we do that? Let's do it. Let's go. But it's like all like smashing pumpkins on. Hell yeah. <laughs> I am all for this. And... So do you guys want to know how Halloween really like when it actually started? Yes. Like what officially yeah. made it Halloween? Yeah. So marketing. I bet you anything it's marketing. <laughs> no. So by the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants, including mm-hmm. millions of Irish fleeing from the Irish potato famine. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember yep. that. Yeah. Right. And so when they came, they actually helped popularize the celebration of Halloween as we yeah, know Did today. you watch the same BuzzFeed video that I did? No. Okay. I watched it. Just came out? Most of all my facts yeah. came from history.com and National Geographic. 
Yeah. Um, I, BuzzFeed Unsolved did relaunch with season seven. They Have did. Have you seen that yet? I I haven't. Mm. Uh, I No, I did actually because it was a lighthouse one. Yeah, it was a lighthouse one. No, this I one, was, cover that one real was on the BuzzFeed Unsolved network, but it was just a very short video about the history, the history of yeah. Halloween. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. I watched I, that one. I'm here for Shane and Ryan. They probably got a lot of this stuff from the same places, like the same. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I definitely yeah. looked on like. I'm um, in love with Shane and Ryan. It's yeah. not okay. <laughs> oh, so going back to that romantic thing I talked to you guys oh, yeah. about. This was, I knew I had a couple more. They believed that on Halloween they could divine the name of the, or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn. Uh-huh. And also we had talked about the apple pa- pillings, but also with mirrors. Something, they would do stuff with like mirrors and apparently like it would show their future husbands and, and whatnot. So I'm following this girl on TikTok right now that is doing Inktober and she's painting these gorgeous paintings. I love with, Inktober. She's painting these really gorgeous um, India ink paintings mm-hmm. with like gold paint in it as well and she's telling the story about each of like the every kind of every day is a different like ghost story or mm-hmm. something that's like spooky mm-hmm. and she did bloody mary Ooh. do we all remember this you showed me this yeah do we remember this story from elementary school i was um and i think fourth or fifth grade the first time i heard of the bloody mary mm-hmm. um, yeah. ritual and in fourth and fifth grade i was in temp buildings which means our bathroom were in temp buildings mm-hmm. yeah and it was a real old temp building and the lights were always out unless you mm-hmm. like went across the temp building to turn it on and then the girls said that they would do it in there and that bloody mary would take your soul yeah so i was watching her video on it and she said that another one that would happen is that um you say bloody mary three times in a mirror and either she will pop out of the mirror and scratch your face off oh or you will like another version of the tale is that you say it three times and then the face of your future spouse comes into the mirror and if you see a skull you're dying alone oh wow yeah. so at that point in time it was like mid and i was like i wonder if it's worth trying no <laughs> Disclaimer, don't try any of this at home. We had talked about this when we did the Queen Mary. Remember, we yeah. said we're not messing with that stuff because it was also just... midnight and I wasn't getting back out of bed. I'm, I'm under a weighted blanket when I go to bed, so it's got to be something real special to get me up. I heard of something actually just today that I have never heard of before. It's called, I think, the dry bone ritual. And mm. it's apparently very popular and I didn't, even though I've never heard of it. But what you do is you turn off all the lights, like everything. You shut off all electronics, turn off all the lights. You go into the bathroom at exactly 12.01 a.m. and you light some candles and you lay like on the bathroom floor and you close your eyes and you say something along the lines of like, I invite you, something, something, I invite you into my home, but not into my body. And then you have to get up and you have to hide somewhere until 3 a.m. And the, and oh, and then it's you close your eyes and you wish for something, something like attainable. And then you have to hide somewhere until 3 a.m. And the, the story goes is that like a demon is like walks around your house for until 3 a.m. till the witching hour and grants your wish question mark i have no idea how that works i think i'm gonna stick with the genie thing stop inviting <laughs> things into your house demons invite stop things. and then but I, i've read some stories on it of like people who like on like on reddit people who have done oh, it and experienced God. crazy things and not that i believe all of them but they're horrifying still <laughs> Stop with the dark arts, people. Please stop it. We don't do that. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Defense against the dark arts, however. Yeah, we'll do that. (laughs) Put salt around everything. (coughs) Salt rings. I'm going to put a salt ring around my entire house. There you go. Then I can't move in. (laughs) When did we become a book club? (laughs) 
<laughs> just for this special. So for this special episode, we again did the Halloween tree. You probably already know because it's probably in the title of this episode. Um, but happy Halloween, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful, safe holiday. And spooky holiday. And spooky holiday. This is our favorite. Everyone knows it. Happy spooks, guys. We waited. We waited for this forever. You guys remember on September 1st? September yeah. 1st was our it's very first day of podcasting. Almost our and it's- two-month anniversary i know tomorrow's our oh my gosh we started this on september 1st and we were like newbies with uh like really shitty mics we have to say you guys have yes totally like bumped up our confidence as you absolutely have it's blown me out of the water because so i haven't checked our stats since I think like a week ago on the 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, as of then, we had an estimated audience of 62 people, which like I was not expecting for a no. long time. Yeah, no. And uh, almost 450 plays, which our goal to reach by today was 400 plays. We and have we no. Our initial goal was 200. Oh, we yeah. bumped it up to oh, 400. Yeah, that's we right. We did. 200 so fucking quick. So thank you guys so, so much from the bottom of our hearts. We have a blast doing these. We love you guys so much. We love, love, love reading your reviews and we love it. And when your you guys... messages and comments. Like, yeah, I... we love it when you guys email us. We love talking to you. So And your guys' suggestions, which we They're love. They're so good. Those. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, my um, list of stories to do is compiling a lot faster than my list of research done on stories yeah, I, I need know. to do. I know, I know. And the fact that you guys have all these like haunted places that you guys want us to like research, keep them coming. Keep please. them coming. Keep yeah. them coming. We love keep it. Keep them coming. Um, if we keep doing really well, one day maybe we'll get to actually go to these places and talk about our first. We already have a really good idea for the first place we want to go. So we're, we're right down the street from Goatman Bridge. We are yes. right down the street. Okay, Shane's Bridge. Shane's Bridge, <laughs> yeah. Shane's sorry. Bridge. Sorry, Shane Madej. <laughs> we mean Shane Madej's Bridge. <laughs> when did we turn into a Shane Madej uh, fan, podcast. <laughs> fan podcast? When did you guys? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us here at Spooky Time Tea uh, with our Spooky Time Tea Party. Don't forget to spread the spook by sharing with your friends and family and whoever else you think might enjoy our show. If you have a good story that you would like to share for us and want us to talk about, you can email us at SpookyTimeTea at gmail.com. Also, <laughs> one more thing. If you guys want to support us, there is the link on our Anchor FM that you guys can hit support this podcast and uh, that will help with future episodes. Thank you everyone for joining us here on Spooky Time Tea. We hope you have a good night, a fun holiday, a safe holiday, and for God's sake, stop practicing the dark arts. Anyway, sweet dreams. <laughs>